Hey everyone, I'm Dominique. Welcome to More Grats. I'm glad you decided to waste some time with me. Um, this episode is going to sound a little weird because I am actually at my mom and dad's house and they have really high ceilings and so that's why we sound kind of funny. Um, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you will already know this, but if you're new, I should let you know that my sister Heidi and I usually do this podcast together. But since she decided to take a month long vacation, I have to do it by myself. And so I'm doing like little filler episodes. Um, October's kind of a weird month for this podcast. We're just trying to hold it together here. Um, but when Heidi gets back from her obscenely lengthy trip, we will get back to normal. Um, well, you may have noticed that in our teaser the, on social media, we, this episode was titled, It is a Mystery. And that's not because I have a mystery for you. It was literally because I had no idea what I was going to talk about. It was a busy week for me. Um, I had no time to plan or write anything. And I was thinking, geez, do I just like not do one? But that's kind of like losing in my eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I had an idea since Heidi is gone. If you'll remember um, the episode right before she left, I think it was episode 21. I said, we're going to talk about her and true to my word, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so that's what she gets for leaving. Um, anyway, I probably don't need to say this for this episode, but before we start, I want to remind you, we are talking about death. If you are easily offended by rude humor or foul language, you may want to, or are particularly sensitive to discussions about death, you may want to pass on this podcast. We are wildly inappropriate at times, but that comes directly from growing up in a funeral home. The way we insulate ourselves is by humor, and for us, it's a lot better to laugh even when you feel like crying. So, like I said, I realize this is a bit of a departure from our usual grim and gory discussions, but we have to take advantage of this well, we can. <laughs> and you guys might not find this interesting. You might find it hilarious. I don't know. Um, but instead of a death story, I have my mom and dad here, and we are going to tell you some funny things about Heidi. And our funeral story, our funeral home story is going to be about the question every funeral home or every funeral director gets at least once in their career. So this episode shouldn't have any triggers, but you never know. As with all of our episodes, listener discretion is advised. That said, welcome to episode 23. And we're going to call this, When the Cat's Away, the Mouse Will Play. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, I've heard that before. <laughs> Thanks for joining me so we can talk about your youngest. Um, well, we can all agree that Heidi is a bit of a firecracker, right? Oh, my goodness sakes. I, when she was just in grade school, just started grade school, I got a call from the school and that the teacher, her teacher, wanted to talk to me. So, oh, you know, I went, oh, what now? Went to the school and the teacher said, well, you know, I had to sit Heidi down and tell her that until they start paying her to teach the class, that I 
would be in charge. And she could not run the classroom, much to her chagrin. You know, oh, she wanted to run it. Of course, of course. She, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Well, she has always been outspoken and feisty. And when she was younger, she was very literal very literal and I used to marvel at how she could be so smart and so dumb at the same time like true for instance one time Heidi and I went on, we were in high school and we went um, back to the East Coast to visit some friends and she was just happy to be there she couldn't she was really happy to be on the East Coast where you know to get out of her Northwest region and and she was just really happy well when we got back we were at a family dinner and um, Someone said, well, you know, the sun always sets in the West, meaning things, some things never change. You know, that's an old saying. And they said, well, the sun always sets in the West. And Heidi put her fork down and she goes, you know what? That is not true because I saw some beautiful sunsets in North Carolina. <laughs> Yes, she is. Um, she's very literal, and um, I. One thing, um, she got a recipe from a good family friend, and a, it was a wonderful chicken soup recipe, and she wanted to make it. So um, I went over to her house one day because she was going to make it, and I looked in the pot on the stove, and talk about being literal. Here was an, an onion bobbing in the water and a whole carrot bobbing in the water. And I looked at her, I said, what? And she said, well, the recipe said one whole onion and one whole carrot. <laughs> Never dreaming that she should chop it or anything. Anyway, you know, that's how literal she is. But um, I, I didn't do very good by you girls uh, in the kitchen department because I, I just I, I'm not that great a cook but I didn't teach you much about cooking um, and you've turned out to be a marvelous creative cook thank I, you very yeah. much yeah well you're sitting here so I had to say that <laughs> but Heidi and she does some things very well like now she's perfected the chicken soup now yes. that she's chopped things up but I I asked her one time if she would bring dessert to a family gathering and she said, oh, I just made a cake from scratch. I said, from scratch? You're kidding. You, you got the cake flour and you sifted it and you added all of the other stuff. And she says, she looks at me like I have two heads. And she said, well, no, it, but it was from scratch because I had to add like water and an egg and stuff. So from the, to the cake mix box, I mean, isn't that from scratch? <laughs> Well, honey, if you think so. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then do you remember when we, uh, she bought that pig from the fair market sale? She bought, well, she's a way adult by then. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was an adult. There are no excuses for this. She, um, we often will buy uh, live, you know, beef or pork from the fair market sale from the 4-H kids that raise them. And then anyway, they go off, go off to the butcher and you get your meat back. Well, I went to her house one time and she was eating some sausage and I said, oh, is that your pig you bought? She goes, yeah. And she had kind of a funny look on her face. I said, well, isn't it very good? She said, well, this sausage is not very good. I don't think they used the spicy part of the pig. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, oh, well, another thing she was very literal about was the first time she flew in an airplane, we're flying and she's looking out the window and, and she's just very interested in what's going on, but she has this puzzled look on her face. And I, I said, what, what are you looking for, honey? And she said, well, I can't figure out where, where we are. And I said, well, you know, we're going from here to there. And, and she said, yeah, but... I don't see any lines for the states from the airplane. From the airplane. She was looking out the window in the airplane, and she couldn't see the st- the lines where the state, one state stopped and the other one started. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, she's so... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you say, how could she be so smart and be so dumb at the same time? Yes. She's not so dumb anymore. No. I mean, she's... She kind of picks and chooses. Yeah, I guess. So, Dad, what's your favorite story about about uh, Heidi? Oh dear, there's so many. <laughs> but uh, one comes to mind. I just coming back from work at the at the cannery and, uh, in the evening, and um, I, uh, I my wife meets me and says, uh, "There's been an accident. What? Uh, Christian broke out a window." one of our bedrooms in our, our new house. Well, I was pretty upset about this. And uh, we, we, later we gathered in the, in the kitchen and um, I'm uh, giving Christian hell for uh, being so uh, careless about handling rocks, throwing rocks around the house. And uh, I said, I, I, says, I, I, I just gave him hell, I was scolding him. And uh, I calmed down a little bit, but I felt this pushing on my hand, and I looked around, and there was Heidi uh, pushing the spanking stick right into my hand. Oh my gosh, okay, so let's talk about the spanking stick. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we had, we had a, it wasn't a switch or anything, but it was a stick, and it lived on top of the refrigerator, and that was the spanking stick, and so for Heidi, she was what, three years old? She was three, Chris was four, yeah. we were five. Yeah. yeah, so... so That's an ordeal. Heidi, to get that stick, had to get a chair, probably climb up on the counter, and get that stick off the fridge. So yeah. she got she it. She was and, determined. Yep, and so, she, so you felt the stick getting pushed into your hands? Yeah, I said, well, I'm not going to let that go to waste. <laughs> I, I, I told Chris to, to bend over, and I gave him two smacks, and I... It was, you know, it was a, it was, I just couldn't let that go to waste. Right, right, because you were going to let him get away with the scolding until yeah. until she pushed that stick in your hand. <laughs> I, I think that's why they still don't get along to this day. Yeah, Chris, Chris holds a grudge against Yeah, he must. <laughs> well, that's a little bit about Heidi, and we're not going to bore you with any more of that, but... We just thought that was fun, and we had to take the opportunity while she was away. Yep, yep. Well, are you ready for our funeral home story? You know we we are. are. Awesome. All right. Come on, admit it. You're curious about death. Oh, I know you don't think about it too often because you don't want to be considered morbid or weird, but you think about it, right? And if you had the opportunity to tour a funeral home, you'd jump at the chance. You know you would. It's okay, I've given lots of tours and I know just how they go. Don't be embarrassed, it's no big deal. Here, I'll give you your own personal tour right now. 
First of all, I'll probably have you over for dinner. That's usually how these tours start. We'll eat pasta or something and you'll be saying how full you are and tell me what a wonderful cook I am. I'll respond by saying, thank you. I'm an even better baker and just wait until you taste dessert. Then I'll put on a fresh pot of coffee. Next, you'll start asking questions about the funeral business, which I will answer to the best of my ability. Eventually, you'll get up the nerve to ask if I have caskets here. Yes, we have quite a selection, I will reply in my phoniest salesperson voice. Then you'll shove your hands into your pockets and scuff your toes on the carpet before you sheepishly ask if you can see them. What you don't know is that you don't have to be so shy. I'm more than happy to give tours, except I won't show you the prep room because that's against the law. Sorry. The most intriguing room in the place is strictly off limits. I don't make the rules, but I must follow them in this case. So don't even ask to see the drains, the tubes, the machines, the chemicals, and the three body cooler. I won't show you those, no can do. But luckily for you, there's still the casket room. To get there, we will have to climb a flight of stairs and I will inevitably comment that I am lobbying for an elevator. You'll probably chuckle just like the old ladies who are on their way to choose a vessel for their beloved husbands do. Only they wish I'd lobbied earlier before they had to climb the stairs. I apologize to the old ladies, but I probably won't apologize to you because you are young and in adequate shape, or you should be. And if you complain about the hike, I'll probably comment that you should spend more time on the Stairmaster and less time with your nose in your phone. Once in the casket room, I will walk to the back wall, reach behind the Grayson stainless steel casket and flip on the lights. Your eyes will grow wide and you'll turn a complete circle, looking first at the Paragon mahogany and the autumn oak, then the purple arbor rose to the classy woodland green. Next, you'll see the coppers, the ivory pearl, the finch, and the full couch classic gold bronze we've been trying to get rid of ever since I can remember. No wonder it's still here with a price tag of $6,500. It would be one thing if the casket was pretty, but it's not. You'll mention that coffins sure are expensive and I'll gently correct you saying that these are not coffins, they are caskets. And yes, some of them are ridiculously expensive. I point out the mahogany and the ivory pearl saying, I want to go in one of these. You'll say that you want to go in a pine box and I'll say, too bad, you don't get to make that decision. We'll argue about who decides what, and you'll end up getting a crash course in the legal workings of final decisions and power of attorney and what holds up in court and what doesn't. The quarrel ends with you scheduling an appointment to buy funeral insurance just so no one can argue about your selection of a pine box. I'll probably joke that a pine box is too good for you, but that's only because you're a good friend and you'll know I don't really mean it. After a few minutes, you'll be feeling more comfortable in the room full of body boxes, and you may even touch one. When you do, you'll instantly know why the Arbor Rose stainless steel with the velvet interior costs $3,000 more than the heirloom pewter with the crepe interior. Your fingers will stroke the soft bed, test the springiness of the quilted pillow, and you'll open your mouth to say something, but you'll hesitate. I already know what you're going to say. I smile and wait. Finally, you'll chuckle. You may blush, but inevitably the question gushes from your mouth because you simply cannot control it. Before you realize what you're doing, you've just asked, so have you ever done it in one of these? <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> I act shocked. 
My intention is to make you feel like a real weirdo, like maybe you're the only person in the world who has ever had the gall to even contemplate such a thing. I'm tempted to tell you that everyone asks that question, but seeing you squirm like this makes me resist divulging that information. I'll probably disappoint you when I say, no, I haven't done it in a casket. And you have the right to be disappointed. After all, I'm the best shot you have at being able to get some sick satisfaction of knowing someone who has had sex in a casket. I understand this, but I can't lie just to satisfy your perversions. However, I'll do my very best to make your tour a little more fulfilling. Okay. No, I tell you, I haven't done it in a casket, but I'll walk you to the top of the stairs and point at the floor. I've done it there. <laughs> your mouth will open. You'll want to protest, but to your horror, words elude you. And I continue, indicating the long, wide flight of stairs. I've done it there. Your stunned expression follows my guiding finger to the base of the stairs, right in front of the forbidden prep room doorway. And I've done it there. I begin to tell you about the chapel, but skip the niceties of the open beams, the cushiony chairs, the sound system, and go right to the information I know you crave. Third row from the back, I say, I've done it there. And there's a couch in the, cha in the chapel entry, done it there too. <laughs> You're beginning to wave me off, stuttering protests, but I'm not finished. And at the front of the chapel, right between the torsiers where the casket sits during a funeral, I did it there last week. At this point, you're utterly speechless. Your body language is telling me that the tour is over. As we leave the casket room and start down the stairs, I notice you are clinging to the rail, stepping as close to the wall as you can. Once at the bottom, you literally jump over a wide section of floor in front of the prep room. You decline my invitation to tour the chapel. You don't even stay for dessert. <laughs> Ask that right? Did oh, you? Always. Always? Okay. Well, yep. have you? <laughs> That's for us to <laughs> yeah. uh, Not nearly that many times. <laughs> no, we were older. <laughs> well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for doing this oh, for us. <laughs> and thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Remember, be, be kind. kind. And... Any day above ground is a good one. And finally, keep on breathing.